0: morning, Seacoast Church. How's everyone doing today? So glad that you're joining us for Palm Sunday. And we are entering into Holy Week. That's not a Seacoast thing. That is a believer, a Christian thing, where we take this next seven days to prepare our hearts for Easter. And if you go to seacoast.org forward slash Holy Week, We've got all sorts of tools there for you. We've got a devotional that you could be a part of this Friday. We're doing a special Good Friday service where we're going to take some time to remember the death of Jesus. And as Christians, we're so excited to celebrate Sunday, but we forget the price he paid on Friday. And I don't know if you've ever received a gift from someone and then uh, Googled the price tag later. You ever done that? Oh, I'm the only one here. Sometimes I rate my friends and say, well, how much do they really love me? And sometimes when I realize the price of it, I'm like, oh, man, they love me that much? Upgrade their friend status. Well, we forget the price that Jesus paid for us. And this Friday, we want to take time as a church to remember that. So I want to encourage you to come. And then Saturday and Sunday at all our locations, we're going to do everything we can to make high the name of Jesus and share the gospel in a compelling way. So this is the time of year where you want to invite everyone you love and the ones you don't with you into the presence of God. Today is Palm Sunday, and today is the day where we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Matthew chapter 21, verse 9 says this, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Save us to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And everyone asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. They cried out to Jesus and said, Hosanna, save us. And then Jesus responded to their prayers. Because anytime we talk to God, it's a prayer. That's what prayer is. And today we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, Jesus answered them by doing this. He got up off the donkey, walked in to the church, and he did this. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those uh, selling doves. And then he spoke. It is written. My house will be called a house of prayer. And so today, we're going to spend some time talking about prayer. Let's pray, and then we'll talk. Today, we'll be praying a lot, so get ready for it. Father, I thank you so much for how prayer has changed me. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, for how my parents prayed for 13 years, that they would have a child. Seven miscarriages. And I'm thankful, Lord God, that their prayers didn't stop on year 10 or year 11 or year 12. But because they kept holding on to you, you were like, I got to answer these people because they're not coming back until they get what they need. And so I'm a living, breathing embodiment of answered prayers. My life is a timeline of your faithfulness. And I ask you, Lord God, that as we hear from your word, that you will remind us the most powerful. Thing we ever can do is cry out to the God who made us. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. 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 Question for you. Question for you. Who's your friend that you call when something crazy happens in your life? Who's your friend? I, I hesitate telling you his name because I don't want y'all like calling him and asking him about the crazy stuff in my life, but I'll tell you. My, my friend is Jason. Two weeks ago, when the slap that was heard around the world happened? You know, with your boy Will Smith, you know Fresh Prince. Joke for you. What was left on Chris Rock's face? Fresh Prince. (laughs) Hey, do you know who's hosting the Oscars next year? Mike Tyson. (laughs) Mike Tyson, that's that's funny. Um, So when that happened, I found out about it like in the middle of the night. One of my kids was up, and so I do what you do when you wake up. You start scrolling, and I saw it, and the first thing I thought about was, I cannot wait to talk to my boy, Jason, about this. So 7.15, I got up, got dressed. I was so excited. I got in the car, and I drove, and you know some of your friends, you text them before you call. Hey, are you free to talk between 9 and 10 a.m.? Not Jason. I just call until he answers. So I called once, he didn't pick up. I called twice, he didn't pick up. I was like, if you don't pick up the third time, I'm calling Charmaine, his wife, and she'll get him up. Whatever he's doing, I I, I want to talk to him. So third time, he's like, yo. I said, I want to talk about Will. And he's like, say no more. Hold up. And the first thing he did was, I heard a door close. Which means that whatever I'm going to say, whatever he's going to say, it's all good. So we start talking about this whole thing and blah, 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 and it was amazing. But when I talk to Jason, there's no filter. None. None. Do you have friends like that? you talk to with no filter? Who's a friend that can come to your house anytime uninvited and that's okay? I got my boy, uh, Dan Sekovac. Dan Sekovac is an architect. He lives in Hilton Head. He's about five eight, 125 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, he's got these big, thick glasses, and he loves weird board games. Over the last 16 years of hanging out with Dan Stuckaback, I now love weird board games, but I only do them if Dan approves them. And Dan's the kind of guy that will say, hey, I'm coming over for a few days, and he'll stay at my house. He's the only guy that I can say, hey, uh, Dan's coming over. And I don't have to check with my wife. You know you have to check with the spouse to get what you want done. Um, uh, I'll just say, hey, Dan's coming over. And she's like, that's fine. Whatever's happening in our house, Dan can see. Because Dan has been trusted with who we are for years. What's your prayer life like? Is God your 911? Or is he on your favorites list with who you call? What does your prayer life with God sound like? Are you trying to talk to God in King James when you don't talk in King James? Are you trying to remember the prayers that you, you heard growing up? Have you ever fallen asleep in the middle of a prayer? When's the last time you said that prayer, praying for your food, and the Holy Spirit grabbed you, and then all of a sudden you're like, dang. I remember when I thought, if I could only make X amount, That would be living, and you make more than that. Have you ever been overwhelmed by the Spirit of God with gratitude in your little meal prayer that you had to stop and say thank you? Like Not just like, thank you, God, but you're like, i got to thank him with everything I got. What's your prayer life like? My biggest fear for you, my biggest fear for me is that I will have access To something I neglect. The hardest thing about preaching on the stage is I'm elevated so you can see me, but sometimes you think that, like, well, on this side of the stage, there's a different anointing. And when Jesus died on a cross, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from everyone else was torn from top to bottom you used to have to have VIP access to go into the Holy of Holies. And it was a little scary. They put a rope around the priest and they hope he didn't do anything crazy that week because if he went in the presence of God and he wasn't living right, boom, gone, dead. But because of the price of Jesus, we have access to his throne and whatever we're carrying because of what Jesus did, God's fine. He's cool. That's what you have access to and today, we're going to have a prayer service. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And we're going to spend some time praying how Jesus taught us how to pray. And we're going to pray on four areas in our life where we tend to struggle to let God in. You guys ready? If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We are still in our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And so today, we're talking about prayer. Talking to Jesus. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Jesus is fighting this battle in the Sermon on the Mount of outward in faith. Unlike the times we live in, people thought their faith was outward and then maybe inward. I have to look a certain way. I have to act a certain way. I have to to, um, uh, position myself in a certain way to be loved by God. And Jesus, time and time and time again, he is showing us that faith is an inward out thing. If you focus more on what God is doing inside of you, he will change what's happening on the outside. That's good. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus is teaching us that The secret sauce of who we are as believers in this walk we call life isn't in the stuff that we can see. It's in the places that are unseen. Because you know what? Out here, the prayer request is pride. You could pray for me for pride. But in the secret place, it's pride. God, I'm so narcissistic that everything around me is crumbling because I think I'm the center of the universe. Will you come and just show me how to get out of my own way? Some prayers aren't fit for public consumption. That's why you got to go there. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Wow, that hit. What y'all praying for? I may not want to know, right? And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Sometimes we complicate prayer where we think it's like, oh, God, our heavenly father, you are the the, the, blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, we lose the power of it. But you know what some of the best prayers are? God, help me. You know what's another good prayer? I'm done being single. Swipe it isn't working. Um. God, I prayed for the kids, but now I want to kill them. Save their life for me. God can handle that. God can handle that. And. Sometimes the most powerful prayers aren't the ones we babble on about, but it's just an authentic help me. 2009, my dad got really sick. I was a banker during the day, and my dad owned a cleaning company. He got really sick to the point where he couldn't run his cleaning company, and I was like, I'm probably going to have to take this thing over. I'm sitting in the couch of the lobby of the hospital, and I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do about this business, but please help me. My boy, Dom Thompson, who's watching right now, he calls me as I'm saying amen, and he's like, amen, I feel like God has been telling me that I need to help you with your business. It didn't become my business before 15 seconds ago when I realized that I'm the one who's going to be running it. 20 minutes later, Greg DeWitt, who lives here in Charleston, redheaded dude, glasses, awesome man, he, said, he calls me, he's like, amen, for the last six months. God has been wrestling with me about me helping you with your business. Same phrase. Those two guys worked two hours a night for seven months, and they helped me sleep four hours a night because I was working full-time two jobs. That happened not because of my babbling prayer. That became because, God, help me. Do not be like them. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So much going on in this passage of scripture, but I want to highlight six things that God is talking to us about prayer. Praying in secret, that there's power in the unseen places, and Our posture should understand where our power comes from. Our posture should understand that it's God that opens doors where other people think there's a wall. Our posture has to understand that he is the source of everything we need. One time, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three boys who were ripped from their households and taken to the center of technology and science and innovation in the world, Babylon. They, they were taken to this place and they were taught all these things. And one time the law was that you had to bow down and worship a man. And they said, we won't do it. And they're like, well, we'll kill you. And they're like, hey man, we ain't gonna do it because our God has the ability to save us. But even if he doesn't, We will not bow down. Pray a secret. Pray for alignment. Alignment is the chiropractic adjustment in our hearts and our lives that adjusts our heart with the heart of God that helps us to see his ways. How are those three young men able to say that? Because they walked in alignment with God. They knew that their God had the capacity to do anything. Pray simply. Sometimes the best prayers are simple ones. And that gives us all hope if you don't feel like you do words. Like, I don't know. I'm not really great at my word. God can hear your simple prayers. Pray for resource. You know, God is the source of everything we need. And when we go to him first, he opens up doors. Pray for forgiveness of our sins. What Jesus did on Calvary's cross is not just a one-time transaction. It's something we come to again, and again, and again, and again. Prayers for protection. I think what I'm going to be excited about when I get to heaven is looking at the playback of my life and see all the ways I should have died, all the ways I should have been disqualified, but God was protecting me. He was guiding me. He was nudging me. Nah, you 15 minutes late because there's a car accident. Nah, you didn't get that job because if you did, that would be your downfall. And the cool thing is is when you start living life and you start tracking what God has done, you can start to see some of those things. How many of y'all have seen some prayer requests that you really wanted a yes to, but the no was the thing that saved you? Oh, come on, somebody. I looked at a journal from 2008, and I was reading it, preparing for this sermon. And my wife was like, oh, are those the notes that you wrote when we met? I was like, nope, previous administration. Mm -mm. Mm -mm." (laughs) But I was praying that God would make that girl the one. But if she was the one, I might not be here. Thank you, Jesus, for the nose in my life. Let's talk about four areas where you need to invite God in, an in area of prayer. And then we're gonna take a moment to pray for Him. Resource. Resource. God is the source of everything we need. He gives us our time, He gives us our talent, He gives us our treasures, and when we go to Him first. With all our needs, what we're doing is recognizing that he is the one who can provide it all. Give us this day our daily bread. That's going to him for our resource. David said this in Psalm, uh, or actually 1 Chronicles 29. We'll start with this one. Uh, David praised the Lord in the presence of the Holy Assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything. And heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Resource. What are the prayers you're praying for when nobody's watching? Maybe one of them is resource. Before we talk about resource, you know, I kind of know some of the prayers you're praying. Uh, You know why? Because you write them on the crosses. And every week for the last seven months, I take time and I read over the prayers of the crosses. And I, I I pray with you. And so, before we talk about resource, let's talk about some of your prayer requests. It's okay. Your name isn't on here. You're not getting found out. If you go to seacoast.org forward slash prayer requests, we can find your prayer request. You can go on there. And you're like, No, it's not there. <laughs> uh, give me strength. And guidance, Lord, that the dangerous friendships in my life would not overcome me. Lord, I pray you can help me be the light in the darkness. And I pray you keep my family and friends safe. Heavenly Father, I pray for my relationship. Lord, I'm asking for you to move. I feel stuck. Lord, break me free from this hurt and bitterness. Listen to these next four. Dear God, I want to stop crying over the smallest things. Lord, I hate my life. Will you help me to decide what to do with my life? Lord, why do I feel like I have no friends? Dear Lord, please get rid of my stress and make me skinny. Those last four prayers were written by third graders in Kids Coast. And so many times we overlook our kids because we're struggling with our own problems and we forget that there's a timeless, ageless spirit stuck in a tiny body and they still got full-grown problems. And so... What area of your life do you need to invite God into? Let's talk about resource. Last week, our very own Brandon Lake won a Grammy. Can we celebrate that? We got a picture of him at the Grammys, looking like a boss with the great Maverick City. And in the back, right next to Brandon, is Chandler Moore. And Brandon, last week at First Wednesday, side note, you need to go... Look that up on YouTube, because Pastor Josh interviewed Brandon Lake. And it was really awesome. But in the interview, Brandon Lake was talking about how his dad, when he was little, would pray over him that God would give him a double portion of his anointing. And I thought that was really amazing that this guy from Charleston has this prayer prayed over him, and he's living it out today. Chandler Moore, who also is in Mav City and is from Charleston, his mom would lay on top of him and pray that God would use him to sing songs that would change hearts of people all around the world. And so these prayers in secret are now things we can all see because their parents understood the source of their anointing. So for every parent in the house, public school, private school, uh, home school, whatever it is, Just know that the most powerful thing you ever could do is pray that God would give your kids the anointing that they need. The anointing that they need. Prayers for resource. Don't raise your hand. If you have a need in your life where you need God to supply, let's take a moment to pray for it. Father, we thank you that you are the source of everything we need. Will you provide for us? Jesus, we pray. Amen. Second area that we need to pray for is alignment. Alignment. David said this in Psalm 51, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Prayers for alignment give us power for our next assignment. When we pray that his will be done in our life, what we're taking away is the contingency-based relationship we tend to have with God. If you do it this way, God, I'll serve you. But if you say no, then I'm going to be mad because I know better than you do. But it's crazy what happens. When we start praying for alignment in one area, it spreads to everything else. So I got a picture of my friend, Brittany Atkinsola. She's at the White House. She was the first pastor to pray over the National Day of Prayer in May of 2020. And I tried to take the sermon point out, but uh, God told me, no, this is for the single folk in the room. So if you are single in the room, make some noise. See, I figured out your problem. If you shouted louder, there may have been a dude, there may have been a girl like, oh, look at that. Next time you shout, you better shout it like with everything you got. If you're single, make some noise. (laughs) See how many people are single in this room? All right, look around, look around, look around. So Brittany Akinsola, amazing pastor. She's also a trauma nurse. When when, um, COVID hit and all the stuff crazy that happened, she was a... Trauma nurse in Central Park with Samaritan's Purse. And then Donald Trump was on TV, was flipping through the TV one day, saw her talk about ministry at the hospital. And he's like, I want that pastor to be the first pastor to pray for the National Day of Prayer. Pretty cool. That happened in 2020 because in 2013, Brittany made a decision to change the way she dated. She's like, God, this swiping isn't working. I need to do it differently. I'm going to take a moment to fast from dating. And she did it for over a year. And God aligned her heart to where she started believing this. I'm not dating another dude unless they fasted and prayed for me to be their wife. God aligned her heart to set a standard. That could only happen in the area of faith. One night she calls me and my wife and she's hyperventilating. This dude who's amazing took her out to dinner and said, hey, I've been fasting and praying for the last six months to pursue you to be my wife. Can we go out on a date? They've been married for a number of years now. God's been doing a great work in and through them. But that started with a prayer for alignment. Can we take a moment to pray that we'll get out of the way of God? Father, we thank you so much that you love us and that you are forming us for a purpose. If we get out of the way, we're getting out of the way right now. Just let me pray. Amen. Healing. Now, this is the one I don't want to talk about because I'm an inward skeptic. I got all the faith for you in the world. I believe that God can do anything for you. But when it comes to me. I don't know. Maybe you're not an inward skeptic, but I am. And when it comes to healing, I'm an inward skeptic. Because I've prayed prayers for healing, and God didn't do it. But I've also prayed prayers for healing, and God did. Even while I've been skeptical. Because healing isn't based off of me. It's based off of who God is. So let's take a moment to see what his word says. In James chapter 5, we got on the screens. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. What? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I'm an inward skeptic, and I've seen this happen in my life. One time, uh, it was probably about six years ago, um, this couple, this family was walking out of church, husband, wife, boy, girl. Boy had a cast on his arm, and I saw him, and I took a 15 second prayer. Just 15 seconds. Say, hey, Jesus, will you be with this boy? Bless him. Heal his arm. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Nothing crazy. I didn't feel heebie jeebies. I didn't feel Holy Spirit power leave me nothing. Mom is bawling. And I just was like, why is she bawling? just a broken arm. He's 13, he'll be fine. Seven months later, I break this ring finger and have to have surgery. That dad walks up to me after a Sunday at church and he says, hey, Um, my partner did the surgery for your finger. I'd love to take you to lunch. I'm like, okay, that's cool. We go to lunch. He's like, hey, seven months ago, you prayed for my son. We were walking out of church, and you prayed that God would heal his arm. What you don't know is two days before, he had surgery on his arm. And what should have taken about an hour to do, it took my business partner four hours to do. And when he came out, of the surgery he's like hey man he won't have full use of his arm and we saw the x-rays and medically he was right but we're the only Christians in our medical practice and we believe in the power of prayer we believe that God can heal him and it's seven months later and God has healed my boy he has full use of his arm and what I love about that story is I had a whole lot of doubt in that 15 second prayer but I just had a little bit of faith Faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. And while I praise God for him, three months before, God didn't answer the prayer to heal my mom when she died after her third open heart surgery. And at first I could feel like, what? why God's answering broken arms but not resurrection of my mom? And then I realized that like, well, my mom's time. What's up? And if I wasn't continually praying with God, the alignment in my heart would have been off, and then bitterness would have crept in. And maybe bitterness is living rampant in your life because you do not have alignment. And so what are we going to do right now? We're going to take a moment to pray for healing. I've got a friend of mine. His name is Larry Tran. He's an amazing musician. played here in many other churches throughout our country. And right now, he is in desperate need of healing. And I believe that if we all can muster up our little bit of faith, God can't answer that prayer. He has been in the hospital for the last nine months. He's struggling. He's lost over a hundred pounds. He's got two small boys and an amazing wife. And, And I just want to pray with your faith and my faith together that God will heal him. You ready? Let's pray. Father, Heal Larry. Jesus, let me pray. Last area. Last area where we need to pray. Resource. God is the supplier of everything we need. Alignment that we adjust our ways to His ways. Healing to believe that God can do anything. And then we should pray for a level of shameless audacity. Luke chapter 11, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he said this Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he would not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. There's a prayer in your life that you've thrown away. Because God didn't answer it in the timeline that you thought was necessary. Today is the day where you need to pick that prayer request back up. Because guess what? As you lean into God with a level of shameless audacity, he will scrub you of your pride. He will scrub you of your narcissism that says, I know where everything needs to be. And He'll align your heart with his heart. And so as we close today, I want to pray that you won't give up. Let's pray together, and then we will respond. Father, I thank you so much that you taught this parable in prayer because it reminds me that I need to keep on knocking. There's areas of my life where you haven't broke through in yet, but I'm going to keep knocking because you told me to. Father, thank you for being so good to us Jesus, thank you so much for giving us breath in our lungs for today. Holy Spirit, will you guide our people today to know that prayer isn't about religiosity, it's about connection. Before you went on the cross, you prayed that we would be one with you just as you are one with the Father. You want to be invited into the mundane decisions of every day because if we can trust you with the small things, we can trust you with everything else. Guide us, Lord. In Christ we pray. Amen. Now, in our service, we want to take some time to respond. We want to take some time to ask God, what are you speaking to me? And what am I going to do about it? The amazing thing about prayer is, if you stop to listen, it will become a conversation. It will become a conversation. And my prayer for you is you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that God will add all these things to you. And so as a church, we respond in a few different ways. We respond by lighting a candle. This is a symbolic way. We may light a candle to say, hey, God, this is what I'm struggling with that I give to you, someone that you've lost, that you're praying for. My wife right now is uh, in Nashville burying her cousin, and so I'm going to light a candle for her family. Um, you may take communion to remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross. You may write your prayer requests on the cross as a symbol of saying, I am leaving it here. Or you may come up to one of our amazing prayer warriors who would love to pray with you. The world wants you to believe that you're alone, but you're not. You're surrounded by his love and his church. Let's respond together.